It's true to say that there is no card within the tarot that will tell you exactly what is going to happen in your life. Um, there is no card that will tell you that next week, if you go to Pret-a-Manger, you will find the person that you're meant to be with for the rest of your life or, you know, the next week or however long it is. It's a way of opening up unusual conversations with, between people and to talk about things that, you know, really really matter to you, your values, the things that challenge you. And I think that's maybe where the value in terms of relationships, where it lies, is that it can facilitate some of those conversations. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Next up, I welcome Fiona Lensvelt, a journalist who has written for The Times, The Spectator and The Mail on Sunday, among others, and side hustles as a tarot card reader. She co-founded Litwitcher, a literary tarot cabaret and consultancy that she has taken to events and festivals to create unusual, delightful and surprising tarot performances that let everyone experience the magic of the cards. We talk about the rise of the modern mystic, what's driving people to get in touch with their magical side, and for the uninitiated like me, what we can expect from a tarot card reading. I hope you enjoy. So yeah, Fiona, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. It is a real pleasure to have you on. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's, it's lovely to see you again. I know, it's, it's been a little while. Um, and we were... Yeah, and we were discussing just before we came on um, that you've you've moved out of London now. So you are you're a trained journalist, um, and that has obviously allowed you to be a little bit flexible with where you do your work. But um, what what was it that kind of triggered the move out of London? Oh my goodness! I mean, I never thought I was going to leave London, and there are definitely times where I'm like, why did I leave London? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I kind of got to a point in my life where. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd lived in London all of my adult life and I'd loved it. Um, but my life felt very busy and hectic and every spare moment of my time, I would fill it with things, whether that was um, freelance work or, um, you know, social engagements. Um, it was wonderful having all my friends in such close proximity and having the option to do so many exciting cultural things and, you know, in the evenings go to like spin classes or anything else like that. But I think I was pretty exhausted. And um, my partner and I, we decided to take a little bit of a radical step. So, um, you know, we started having conversations about leaving London and going to the suburbs or going to some commuter town. And it all didn't seem to click for us so we decided to spend half a year living in um southern Spain in this really really rural spot um it's sort of a an hour east of Malaga uh in the hills but quite close to the sea as well and the place that we lived had uh, no electricity um it had only recently been linked up so it had some running water um and the road that it was on wasn't really a road it was a kind of a dirt track that was on the edge of quite a steep cliff and when it rained really heavily that road would wash away um but we decided that that was a really good alternative to London for a while to see if we could live outside of the city so um we did that and I learned to drive in six weeks um uh to make sure we could actually go because neither of us could drive we're proper proper Londoners um uh, yeah, so that was like my first step out of London. I think we decided after six months 
it was absolutely gorgeous there but yeah maybe that was a bit too extreme we could really do with some form of local transport and maybe a delivery so yeah, uh, yeah. after that <laughs> we decided to take it a bit more back into the middle and um uh, my partner got a job uh, outside of London and we let the decision be made for us kind of so uh, yeah. yeah we Cambridge which is very very lovely and then we discussed also that you, you had a baby since you moved out as well who's who I believe is 18 months old now um, and you took a little bit of time off to to have your baby but then in the background you were dreaming up this kind of side hustle uh, to your journalism which is tarot reading and I, I'd love to hear about like what ignited that passion and and like how it all came about because it's not just you is it there's another woman that you do this with yeah absolutely so actually the tarot journey began a little bit before that um, so a bit of a backstory to me. I I'm a journalist. So I well I worked in a newspaper for the first ten years of my working life outside, like after university, um, and that was that was exciting and glamorous and stressful. And I worked too many hours, and I definitely didn't have anything resembling a balance in my life. Um, and I was getting to my tenth year. Um, in journalism and I started to feel as though I was just kind of uh, kind of calling it in like I wasn't really uh, I didn't I didn't feel, feel like I had the passion for it anymore but I think one of the things that I loved the most about my job um, was uh, well I was working on a books desk so I loved literature I'd always loved reading and books and um, it was such a joy to be working in in that department um, but I also really loved chatting to people, like my colleagues were my favorite thing. <laughs> um, I loved uh, I loved it when I was sent out to interview people. I loved meeting someone for the first time and just having a conversation with them and seeing where it would go. Um, but when you're a journalist, you have got quite a specific job that you're meant to be doing and you're basically meant to be getting very, very, very good quotes and asking very invasive and personal questions to someone who really doesn't want to be asked those very invasive and personal questions by a complete stranger who is then going to print those quotes in a national newspaper so um it was a bit it's 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 a bit of a weird thing and many journalists have talked about um the weirdness of this whole setup um yeah. the sort of celebrity interview junket and uh how uh, how that is meant to facilitate conversations um so i was really interested in conversations and i was interested in finding other ways of kind of opening up these these dialogues with people and my best friend and I, um, my best friend Jen, um, we decided that we would go and do something together that was a bit different and we would train as tarot readers. Mm. There's this amazing occult bookshop in uh, central London, it's called Treadwells and they ran courses for total beginners. You could go down there and it was like a couple of months long, every Wednesday evening for a few hours, you would go down there and you'd be uh, taught the art of tarot reading, what all the cards meant, how to do the readings, what divination is, um, by someone who had you know, been practicing this art for 40 plus years. Um, and we kind of did it because we thought it'd be a really fun party trick, but also because I think we understood even at that very early stage that tarot readings, you know, there are all these layers of superstition and myth and occults uh, that are associated with card readings, but really it's just a conversation device. It's a way of um, laying down cards that have the symbolic meanings um, in front of the querent, which is the name of the person you sort of read for. It means the one who seeks. And it's a way of like interacting and responding to those, those symbols. 
um, it's a way of opening up conversations about life, the problems that we all face, the archetypes, the sort of the characters that we will all encounter and be, um, and just interrogating some of our default reactions and and um, and ways of thinking. Um, so yeah, we we learned we learned the the not so dark art of tarot reading, and then Jen and I, being Jen and I, we kind of put on our hats and we were like, well, how can we actually use this in real life? Um, how can we kind of take this beyond what at that point was basically reading for our friends, fairly drunk in pubs? And Jen has worked in publishing as well. And she is um, currently working in advertising. She's just absolutely a star, like put her on stage and she just sparkles. She's amazing. Um, and I am very good at working behind the scenes um, and sort of setting up interviews and all of those sorts of things. So we thought we'd put our skills together and um, see if we could get uh, authors and famous people to allow us to interview them on stage at events and festivals. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what we did. And it worked really, really well because you basically had quite uh, an unusual setup for an interview and we keep it quite lighthearted and fun. Um, and you get really unusual answers from, from, from these people, people who have, you know, maybe been on a interview junket, they've had to do, you know, dozens of interviews over the past, um, over the sort of preceding weeks, but then suddenly they're thrown a tarot reading. Um, and it was just, it was really good fun. So we've kind of toured a lot of the festivals that run in the summer doing this, um, uh, the literary festivals as well that run in the autumn. Um, and we do live events on Instagram and all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, it sort of took off in, in that way. It's been fun and unusual and quite wild. Yeah. And I imagine it's just a very creative way to kind of do an interview, isn't it? It's because you're throwing people the, the same questions, but probably just tied up in a different meaning. And it, like you say, provoke a, a different sort of answer, an answer they're not kind of used to giving um, in a different way. So like, does it, does it allow for more like, intimate, meaningful discussions to take place? Yeah, I think it allows for unexpected conversations. I mean... It's so funny because like if you if you have any familiarity with the tarot, uh, you probably have familiarity with like the major arcana cards. So within the tarot, there's like the major and the minor and arcana means secrets. Um, so these major secrets of life and you've got cards like the devil um, and they're so loaded. Like, oh, my God, if the devil comes up for you in a reading, you know, everyone always is like, oh, my God, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my love life? What does this mean for my work? Um, you've got like the hanged man. You've got death um all these kind of like big cards and it's people just have a, an immediate reaction when they see a picture because you know these these cards they obviously they have layered and nuanced meanings and sometimes the image that's presented to you on the card doesn't I guess totally neatly correspond to what it means but for a lot of the cards you know you you can you will naturally you'll interact with something that you've seen on it, you know, whether it's, you know, you, you, you see a card of, um, you know, the lovers and immediately it sort of turns your mind to certain matters and you, you start to interact and talk about that subject or, you know, death, what does death mean to any of us? You know, it's, it's, it's basically, they're, they're really useful and unusual kind of conversation prompts. Um, and I guess, I guess like a useful way of thinking about the tarot is um, it's a little bit like those Rorschach blots that you get. Um, I can present you with an image and I might see a rocket and you'll see something totally different. You'll see a monster coming out of the undergrowth or something like that. And whatever we see, whatever we're sort of led to first, kind of like first thought, best thought, um, 
tends to be what as a tarot reader but also as a query you kind of go with yeah and do you see it as part of this kind of bigger trend about like you know the modern mystic which I know we, we've talked about a little bit before this podcast but it's kind of a it's a big trend in the wellness world right now people are uh, kind of going in uh, a lot more like looking to kind of crystals and psychic meanings and astrology is huge I remember saying sure god well we have to start covering astrology like back in two three years ago when the LA and New York publications were doing it in their wellness magazines because we always follow suit don't we like a few years later and it's happening now in a really big way and like I think it was Pinterest business that just like put all these stats out there about the, the kind of how many times people are searching for these keywords and it, there's a lot there's a lot of people doing it and and I, what do you think is driving it do you think it's been partly due to covid being at home and having to kind of manifest and go in um or is it just part of us searching for that spirituality that is lacking in our lives perhaps well i think it's i think it's interesting because i think having having been reading for a while now I've seen a real burst of interest, I guess, certainly over the past the past year, but really over the past few years. Um, and I guess what you could say about this period of time is that it has been quite difficult for a lot of people in lots of different ways. Um, and I think when you look back to periods in the 20th century, when there's been like this resurgence of interest in the tarot, they've also been fairly difficult times. <laughs> so um, you, you, you sort of see the most popular, uh, today the world's most popular tarot deck, it came out um, around 1909. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're sort of looking at the run up to, to the war and then you basically around sort of the start of that 20th century, that very tumultuous period in our history, um, you had a lot of people who were kind of dabbling in the occult in various ways, um, you know, whether it's seances or, you know, whether it's ex experimenting with tarot cards. Um, and I guess, I guess what you can sort of see is that People have people have used these used these methods not just recently, but for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, tarot decks you can you can see them being used in various forms. You know, whether it's for games and for playing, or maybe for sort of divination purposes for you know the past five hundred years or so, mm. and that they're still being used is because they're they're kind of working for people in some way. I think people are people tend to be to tend to gravitate towards them during times of uncertainty when they're looking for something to hold on to that will give meaning and context to strange situations mm -hmm. and i think you know the tarot the tarot which is you know obviously the one that i know about best um offers that by uh, by giving you these narratives to hold on to this sort of understanding that there are these like universal stories and struggles that we've always gone through that will help us if we, you know, when we have our tarot readings to relate to other people, to, to sort of, to see our problems um, writ large. I guess for me as well, I'm really interested in the storytelling aspect of the tarot. The fact that when you offer someone a tarot reading, it's a way of, of telling a story about their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's, that's often how we try to understand and cope with difficult situations um, or, um, or traumas that we've been through is we we start to to find our narrative with it and it, it can really help um to sort of put us back at the center of our own stories to to feel as though we can contextualize what it is that has happened to us or that what we're going through mm -hmm. um 
I love the name as well. Literature is the name, isn't it? And that's kind of combining your love of literature with obviously the occult too. It's really clever. (laughs) Came up with it in a pub. (laughs) So in terms of like relationships, like how can the tarot help us when we reach stumbling blocks, say, you know, there's a lot of people that go for psychic readings when they've had a breakup or, you know, they just want new meaning on their, on their life and where they should be going. Like how, how can it help them in that regard? Well, yeah, it's, it's very funny because Love is obviously a conversation that comes up a fair amount when you have tarot readings, when you're offering tarot readings. Um, Who doesn't want to know about their love life? Like, even if you think you know everything that's going on in your life, there's always that sort of intrigue, you know, is there is there something coming around the corner or is there something I don't know? um, But I guess the first thing to point out, and certainly about the way Jen and I read tarot, is that we're not psychic fortune telling uh, tarot readers. you can go find those if you want them. Um, but I think it's it's true to say that there is no card within the tarot that will tell you exactly what is going to happen in your life. Um, there is no card that will tell you that next week, if you go to Pret-a-Manger, you will find the person that you're meant to be with for the rest of your life or you know the next week or however long it is. Um, what the tarot does very well is it facilitates conversations, kind of as I'm saying. Um, it's a way of opening up unusual conversations between people and to talk about things that, you know, really, really matter to you, your values, the things that challenge you. Um, And I think that's maybe where the value in terms of relationships, where it lies, is that it can facilitate some of those conversations. So, I mean, the one that comes, the example that comes to mind is, you know, Jen and I, we've been friends for so long now. Um, You know, she's my, She's my best friend. I've known her since I was 18 years old. And obviously over the course of that time, I'm much older than 18 now, um, you know, your relationship changes a huge amount. Um, you get in and out of romantic relationships, you change jobs, you change continents. She's lived the other side of the world. Um, and most recently, obviously, you know, I've, I, I had a child and we went through a global pandemic and the places that we are at in life are vastly in the most practical and obvious ways are vastly different right now and when that happens you know the dynamics within a friendship change so much and it can be really hard out of nowhere to just be like so how are we doing (laughs) Um, and for us at least you know I think the tarot is kind of wonderful because it's a way of having sometimes those challenging and quite specific conversations and quite nuanced conversations without them seeming too formal or um, or like going to couples therapy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a way of, um, it's a way of basically being able to just have a chat, but get to the heart of the matter really, really quickly. So, um, you know, everyone will use it differently. I know that many people will want to go for tarot readings because they want to, to peer into the great unknown, to find more certainty in their, in their lives, to feel like they know what's coming up around the corner. But for, for, for me, at least, and the way in which Jen and I practice tarot, it's about, you know, we don't even need to look to the future. The future is too far away. The present is, the present can be enough of a tangle as it is. So tarot readings for us are all about like reframing the present and allowing for different kinds of conversations so that you can kind of talk about the things that really matter to you that you're you know are on your mind but by giving them a bit of a sideways glance yeah and you mentioned earlier that you you kind of taken it to festivals and things like that like what what's on the roadmap for 2021 with covid and everything have have festivals been cancelled where you're meant to appear 
Oh, well, I think basically there's just quite a lot of uncertainty at the moment. So, you know, there are festivals that we know are definitely not happening. Uh, end of the road looks like it's still happening at the end of the summer. So we're, we're going to be there. Um, but I think probably next year is going to be uh, a, a big one um, if everything has returned to normal or something that resembles normal. Um, so yeah, it's good. it might be a bit of a quiet summer this, this year, but you know, a lot of events are moving online. Um, so we've been doing um, uh, lots of private events um, uh, via Zoom. Um, we do Instagram live events. So there's always ways, you know, tarot readers are, are actually kind of making it work in all sorts of different ways right now, uh, which is quite good and inventive. And, and the book as well, you mentioned might be in the pipeline. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, we had a bit of quiet time, I guess, with all the festivals not, not happening and gave us a bit of time to think about what we might want to do next. So um, we've been run, running tarot reading workshops at festivals um, for a while now, and we realised that we've actually got quite a lot, of, lot to say about the tarot cards and what they mean. I think sometimes when people are learning the tarot, um, the meanings are um, that you, you, you get uh, the way in which the cards are, are sort of interpreted in in a lot of the books assume quite a lot of knowledge um, or at least uh, that you're already in that sort of spirituality world so we're writing basically a guide for people who want to learn the tarot who don't think that they're psychics mm. um, uh, it's modern tarot reading yeah and it's going to be coming out next year exciting that's really good so you've got the publishing deal already it's it's gonna happen great it's going to happen. It's going to be called Wild Cards. Wild Cards. Are you going to divide and conquer then in terms of the material? And how does that work in the, in the work oh, progress? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we are, we've got a, we've got an incredibly good spreadsheet. <laughs> um, a very thorough, incredible tracker that Jen has created. And um, basically we split the book in half. We write our sections and then we go over each other's sections, write over them. So our voices in both um, do several rounds of edits and rewrites. And then, yeah, we're, we're meant to be sending it uh, in mid August, but like, let's see how that goes. That seems yeah. rather soon. It does. <laughs> so normally, and in the podcast, we talk a little bit about like, you know, the different hormones and how our subject can kind of be adapted accordingly. And so like thinking about kind of mood and sleep, so we've touched on relationships already, but like how can kind of getting a bit more in touch with our spiritual side like help with, you know, our sleep patterns and our anxiety levels and things like that? Because I think like you mentioned before, like a tarot reading is a really nice way to kind of give a bit of time for yourself. And it's, it kind of in a way counts as a bit of self-care, doesn't it? It's giving yourself that space to open up a little bit through some talking therapy and, um, you know, introspective thinking. Uh, so how would you think that it kind of can help with that, with like our mood and, and our general kind of happiness? Yeah, well, I guess the most important thing at any tarot reading uh, is, is not really the telling. Um, it's not about what I tell you um, about your life. Um, I can't really tell you anything about your life because I can't read your mind. Um, but it's more about how, how we engage with each other. And I think a really good tarot reading is a bit, it's about active listening. And I guess it's, we don't get a lot of that in our everyday lives. Um, it's actually very, very rare to, to have that opportunity to, you know, as the person going for a tarot reading, um, to actually be heard, like for someone to listen really, really carefully to what you're saying to to ask you about it to 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 ask lots of questions to engage with whatever difficult feelings that might be 
being brought up you know there are obviously there are obviously places in which that happens um it happens in therapy hopefully it happens with your family and friends but it doesn't always happen you know anyone that goes into you know a coffee shop or a pub and overhears friends conversations knows that you know after a few drinks once you know people are a bit stressed there's always you know people talking over one another people missing certain cues it happens all the time so a tarot reading is just one of many places in which you know you would hope that you'd get the opportunity to really be to really be heard to really be listened to um and I think in 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 that way I think it can have a knock-on effect to to those areas that you're talking about um to being to to having your your feelings acknowledged um to feeling seen to feeling as though you know I think so many of us I I particularly feel this way that you know that this particular stage in my life my life looks totally unlike that of my parents um it looks like some of my friends lives I guess in the very zoom out sense of I have a child uh I've left London but none of us go oh yeah my life looks like everyone else's and therefore you know I don't have any problems or I know exactly I know exactly how to live this life you know there's there is no blueprint there's no exact blueprint really for, for how we're meant to be living and how we're meant to be doing things um there are a thousand ways to get it right and there are a thousand ways to get it wrong and I think we find tools to cope with that uncertainty uh in lots of different places um you know meditation uh going to the gym and for me and I think for a lot of people tarot reading can kind of be that um you know it gives you that space every day I guess it's like it's a practice um yeah like a wellness practice would you even call it that I call yeah I do call it that I mean it's like any mental or physical practice you know it's it's something that you have to do regularly you have to get in the habit of carving out that space for yourself um because when you're in crisis that's not the time to start it at all it's like something that you need to just have going every single day whether that's you know writing a list of your worries at the end of the day or uh you know going going to do some yoga or just having a ritual where you go walk around a park in the morning with your dog and just clear your head like Mm -hmm. the tarot reading tarot readings whether it's for yourself you know you can read tarot your own tarot cards or you can read them for others um or you can have them read you know tarot can just be another another way of, of doing that so if we were doing it at home and we had our pack of cards like what is the process for people that have never done it before like I've never done it so you, you just turn a turn a card over there's an image on there and then where do I go from there well, I mean do you have them there I'd be, Ooh, I'd be interested I've got, to see I've got some. some tarot cards oh great yeah uh, I always have a deck nearby so this is a beautiful deck it's called the spolia tarot mm-hmm. so um yeah all you would need to do Buy yourself a deck. You don't need someone to gift one to you, although it's lovely to receive gifts. So if you can get someone to buy you something nice, why not? Um, you buy yourself a tarot deck and there are loads of fascinating decks out there. Um, and then just give them a good old shuffle and pull one out for yourself. And you can draw one card a day and you can simply, without even knowing anything about the cards, just look at it, see what images and thoughts come to your head, write them down in a journal. Um, Tarot journaling is a great way of becoming familiar with a deck of cards because there are a lot of cards. There's like 78 cards in the deck. So, you know, if you're just dabbling, if you're just getting into it, you're not going to remember all the cards. And it's a bit of a pain in the ass to get out a book. And every single time you um, want to do a little reading, having to sort of refer to the strict meanings. 
the tarot cards are basically designed for you to be able to kind of meditate on them or, you know, interpret them just as they are um, to see what thoughts come up. Um, and then afterwards, you know, if you've got a bit more time, you might want to go through a, a guide to the tarot, perhaps one that's coming out next year and um, see a little bit more about what the, the card means technically anyway. So um, if I were to draw a card for you, Hattie, yeah. um, let's see what comes out. Mm. Okay, listen, so this is a very beautiful card. It's called the Empress. Oh. Um, so she's rather wonderful. She's like sitting in a garden on a throne. Oh. She's got all of these amazing plants growing up around her. Um, it's one of the most beautiful cards in this tarot deck um, that I've, I've got, the Spolia tarot deck. And basically the Empress, there's another word for her and it's kind of mother. So um, quite literally, obviously, you, you, you have a couple of kids. So um, this can refer literally to things that are in your life. Yeah. But, you know, not everyone who will have this card drawn for them will be a mother. There are many, many ways in which we can be a mother, um, but also exhibit those characteristics, those kind of caring and nurturing characteristics. Um, in terms of like the life lesson that she brings for us, the Empress uh, reminds us that everything has its season. You know, she's in this garden and she knows that if you plant poppies in winter, they're not going to come up until spring. Um, Sometimes you've just got to wait. You've got to, to, to let things gestate. Ideas, children, uh, any plans for your future, um, work pro commitments, proposals, all these things, they can't be done instantly. The best work um, takes, uh, you know, it, it happens in its own time. You need to, to, to give everything its time and space. It's, it's a little bit of garden to grow. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, you can you can sort of begin like that in a very sort of nice and gentle way. And then as you become more confident with tarot um, and all the cards and their meanings, you will find that you probably have some favorites and some less favorites. Um, you know, there are plenty of very tricky cards in the tarot that make you ask yourself questions about the way in which you're thinking and behaving and your default reactions. Um, uh, but once you've, you've kind of got a bit more of a grasp on that, then you can start reading for your friends. Do two or three card readings, see what comes up. It's like a mirror almost, you know, like you presented me in that card. It makes me then think, what does this mean in terms of my life right now? Blah, 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 blah. And you can see how that in a kind of festival context or even like, I don't know, girls getting together for a Hindu or whatever it is, it can provoke a lot of fun. And, and it's very bonding as well because everybody shares their experience of what they had read for them. Do you find that people like to be private with it? or are they happy for their tarot to be read aloud in front of others I mean obviously you're interviewing people on stage so I guess that's very public isn't it and there's there's definitely a performative element to it when we do it like that you know the readings that we do on stage are not the same as the kind of readings that we would do if we were at an event and we were offering private readings for people so you know we ham it up a bit um but yeah I think people are always curious to see what's coming up from the cards but I think the most meaningful conversations come when you're you're having tarot readings one-on-one -on -one with someone and there's that level of privacy. People feel that they can perhaps be more vulnerable or open up. Um, people are often quite surprised about what, what feelings kind of emerge from when they're having a reading. Um, yeah. They didn't think they were going to talk about this today, but it turns out they are. So um, yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, there's a, there's a real mix of reactions, but uh, I think it's people, people, People love a tarot reading. You get out a tarot deck in a, in, a, in, a, in a pub or at a party and you'll have a queue in no time of, of people wanting, wanting their cards read. Yeah. 
And how do you feel when, you know, people get a little bit emotional and they start talking to you almost like you are their therapist or a doctor? Like how how do you cope with that situation? And has that ever happened? Oh, it happens a lot. I mean, I guess the most important thing to remember is you are not their therapist. <laughs> this is not therapy. Um, but also, you know, you're at that point, stop being a tarot reader, be a human being. Um, you should always be a human being, first of all. I should hope everyone's always a human being, first of all. I try and be human, first of all. But, um, you know, if you've got someone where you've sort of, a card has brought something up that's uh, quite challenging for them, respond to them and don't try and push your point that you're right. This is your tarot card reading. And by the way, this means this. That's where it stops. Give them a hug if it's safe and COVID friendly enough, you know ask them how they're doing, always have a pack of tissues on you. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's usually where the, the tarot reading kind of comes to an end because it's not about me talking then, it's all about the other person talking really. Yeah, and is that part of it for you of what interests you in, in the reading so much? Is that forming those connections with other people? Oh, the joy of just being able to talk to, to, to people that you've never met and to hear about their experiences and their challenges and how they've faced them and are overcoming them or you know what's going on in their lives I mean that's such a privilege um and just being able to make those connections I mean I think it's it's definitely been a year for me where I have been I've I've I've, I've seen the fewest people I've ever seen in my life um and so as I'm starting to see people again uh, I don't know how much you're noticing this but you know you see people you haven't seen them face to face for maybe like a year or so um and you're like how are you and everyone's just like oh you know I'm fine <laughs> but it's been a it's been a bit of a year and then like the tarot is just the tarot can sometimes be at least I found among among my friends it can be a way of going beyond I'm fine and um having that opportunity to kind of like really share and give someone that space to 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 truly kind of say how they're feeling and how they're doing and what they've had to face and what they've been through um and so it's it's that dimension right now that I'm appreciating the most yeah and on, on your website I think you say tarot reading should be empowering and enjoyable so you can create unusual delightful and surprising performances and I think that's really to go back like that's what it's all about right making people feel good and bringing some sense of joy to their day and I guess that's why festivals can be so powerful because people are so they lose all their inhibitions don't they and they just kind of let go in the music and the atmosphere and take off their clothes take off their shoes and just kind of wander wild and god I, yeah I miss those days but um I can see why it would be a really nice fit to have these sorts of readings there and I think after the year or two years we've now had with COVID, I think people are really ready for this, aren't they? And going back to what we mentioned at the start about the, the rise of the, the modern mystic, I think this is really what's driving it. People want to feel just uninhibited again and just free, don't they? And I think they want to feel a, a bit like that they're in the driving seat, that they're in control of their destiny. You know, I think a lot of us have felt quite like disconnected from the world that we don't have much of a say in what's going to happen to us that we might want to make plans but they'll all be kind of destroyed or cancelled at the last minute and I think reading the tarot is a way of sometimes it's about voice finding a word uh, a name finding your voice for something that you're going through that you're you're struggling with like putting your finger on that feeling of unease or just not quite rightness um can justify it can give space to those feelings but also it can it can help you feel like you know 
you do have a destiny and you know it might not be certain what's going to happen next week but you get to have choice you get choices you get you get to question what's going on in your life that you know the thing that you do have some say over is your reactions how you feel like what you want to do next like and i think that's i think that's possibly why it's had it's it, the tarot and 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 all sorts of things to do with sort of spirituality it's sort of confronting uncertainty and figuring out what you can do to 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 feel empowered again oh it's really fascinating i can't wait to a read your book when it comes out when will it come out is it 2022 uh yeah next year spring 2022 nice and the the pack of cards that you showed me just earlier like so are these easy to buy online are they kind of on amazon or do you have to kind of go and hunt them down in a in like a treadwells oh well they're very beautiful unfortunately this deck is now out of print it was available for um for years and years but the the creators aren't printing it anymore and unfortunately it's extremely expensive so tarot decks are becoming more and more collectible but there are loads of gorgeous new tarot decks that are coming out from illustrators designers um artists all the time um, the Khan and selesnik decks are really beautiful they they fund theirs through uh, kickstarter um if you want uh, a kind of a beginner tarot deck i'd really recommend the rider weight smith deck um illustrated by pamela coleman smith um that came out at the turn of the 20th century um it informs a lot of the decks that you see coming out today so if you're going to learn on one pack of cards um that's usually quite a good one to learn on awesome well fiona thank you so much for your time i know you've got a as an 18 month old at home so uh yeah thank you for for joining us for this but um yeah I, i'm just super excited to actually experience one maybe do some card reading myself at home yeah absolutely and see let the ideas roll but yeah so thank you <laughs> thanks hetty If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com. 